G'day, this is Rebel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. My guests today are Cynthia Waring Matthews and Wynn Matthews, co-owners and facilitators of The Raw Retreat. Hello. Hi. Hey, Rebel. How are you, Wynn and Cynthia? Good. Doing good to Good today. So I'm glad I woke you up. <laughs> <laughs> so how fun that is this? <laughs> that doesn't usually happen around here. We we uh, had a couple of days off, and <laughs> and you took advantage of sleep. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I yeah, know. Usually, I'm usually up by you know six six fifteen. This is the sun's coming up over the mountains. Yeah. Well, you got some nice mountains for today. the sun to come up over. We sure do. Well, anyway, yeah. this is this is fun because I met Wynn, and I'd I'd heard of you through um, somebody else and and their emails, and then all of a sudden you disappeared off the radar. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we were at a fundraiser that Dorit had put on, and Wynn came up to me and asked me if I was Revel, and I said, "Well, how do you know?" And he said he recognized my voice from the program. So this is this is kind of fun. Uh, <laughs> that was fun. It was like from across the room too. It was like I heard the voice, and I just. Fun, like around. I like, I had no idea what you looked like, so I'm like, "Where'd that voice come from?" <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool that that people are recognizing my voice or my laugh or something. Anyway, this is going to be another getting to know you interview because we didn't have much chance to talk, and so I'd like to really get to know both of you a little bit and uh, uh, quite a bit about the raw retreat. And the reason I'm I'm pronouncing the so much is because we also have a website which is called Raw Retreat, but we're not doing retreats. But um, the Raw Retreat will be on it. So if somebody's looking and you happen to go to my site, then look for the other Raw Retreat and head on <laughs> over and visit Cynthia and Win. <laughs> so how did you how did you two decide to? Well, let's start with Win. And uh, I know I know a little bit about you from what I've read. But how did you get to going raw? Tell, tell us your background. What, what, what was your childhood like? What did you eat then? Oh, I ate a completely standard American diet. Even though it's like my mother was into Adele Davis and stuff like that, but there was no, there were really no um, controls in a in a sense around. So you know, I grew up on the meat and potatoes and overcooked vegetables. And although I'll say we did eat we did eat a lot of a lot of vegetables. A little bit of fruit, lots and lots and lots of dessert and sugar. I, like my favorite treat coming home from school was toasting Wonder Bread with uh, butter and white sugar and cinnamon. I've heard of that. I've never oh. never had the. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to say luck. <laughs> I've never had, <laughs> never actually tasted yeah. that. So, was a complete you know sugar addict. Um. Anyway, you know, kind of a, the typical growing up in America with that. You know the standard information from the media and the medical community diet. So, what changed for you? When I was, let's see. Well, I I, I had allergies, so-called, really bad when I was a kid. So I was on, you know, did all the tests and was on daily shots and then weekly shots and all the pills. And I had, you know, ear infections constantly when I was when I was young and you know, a series of other seemingly, you know, what what were what were called minor things at the time, minor and normal. Mm-hmm. And when I was 18, I moved, I, I moved to New Hampshire to be a potter. And 
kind of all at the same time, I, you know, I'd run into um, Eastern philosophy, started meditating, started reading other things, and ran into the idea of vegetarianism and stopped eating meat when I moved to New England. And within about three months, my allergies disappeared. And I was, like, shocked. You know, I'd, 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 stopped doing all the, I'd stopped doing the pills and the shots when I moved out there. I didn't want to spend the money and hadn't, hadn't gone and found a doctor. And they just they went away. Isn't that amazing? That was kind of my, what? I said, isn't that amazing? Yeah. That was my first, you know, my first shocking experience related to diet. Mm-hmm. That wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, uh, years later, a friend of mine was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease. And I lived in New Hampshire, and he was, he was on his way to start his routine of uh, his chemotherapy and radiation and so forth treatments when someone else said, why don't you go down to Boston and talk to these people at this Hippocrates Institute and see what they're doing and maybe there's something they can do for you. So, he, so we went down. He met, met everybody and, you know, talked to them about their program, and he decided not to do the program. But I was blown away. I mean, I was just like, in another, it was like entering another dimension, mm-hmm. talking to people who had been sent home from the hospital to die, who were, you know, a few weeks later up walking around, people who had been bedridden for years, who in a few weeks were up walking around Boston. And I was just, again, just completely stunned. This stuff wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't part of how, how life went, how disease went, you know, how old age went. And I went home and just started doing it. I built shelves in my windows and grew wheatgrass and sunflower greens and buckwheat and juice. And this, you know, this was in New Hampshire. So you didn't you know, do the um, when you didn't do the uh, Hippocrates thing over there. You just went home and just just followed their program uh, at home. Yeah, I never went to the institute. I mean, not not as a as a client. I went every Sunday to their open house and hung out with people and talked to them. I did that for months and months and months. Okay. Um, but I just went home and did it. I bought the books, read the books, went home and did it. Mm-hmm. And what happened? So that what changed? Was the beginning. What, what changed? Well, what for you? happened? Yeah. Well, let's see. I'd, I'd been severely constipated my whole life. That disappeared within a, about a month. Um, I'd been, yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd been a, yeah, addicted to speed, caffeine, <laughs> and um, that went away. I found that I was sleeping less and less and had more and more energy during the day. Um, that was, I mean, that was most, that was really was it. I just felt great. Mm-hmm. I was a runner at that time. I was running three or four miles a day, and I noticed how much easier that was and how much faster I recovered. And, um, yeah. But I was an obnoxious proselytizer. <laughs> how's well, how's your friend now? How's how's your friend who went there with you? He died this uh, last year. Of yeah, and he his uh, his Hodgkins never came back, but he was never never really well. Uh-huh. He he suffered with a number of other things, um, like throughout the years. And he wouldn't change his food program at all. No. 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 But I understand you also have had prostate cancer. I did, yeah, during one of my um, bouts of 
not following this diet. Uh-huh. So, you know, that was the early 70s when I ran into um, Hippocrates Institute in Boston. And I've certainly not stuck to the diet the whole time. I've gone on and off many times and run into, pro- run into one problem or another and come back whenever something would, would come up, whether it would be a, you know, just a severe cold or um, just feeling achy and yucky and all of a sudden waking up and realizing that in the morning my head is stuffy and my saliva is sour. And, you know, it's like, what do you do with this? Well, I knew what to do. <laughs> I'd, go back to, I'd go back to what I knew worked, but I didn't have the, um, I think the simplest terms, I didn't have the emotional clarity. I hadn't worked through the emotional issues that kept pulling me away from having the right to feel this way. You know, it's like I'd, I'd get to a point where I didn't, if I wasn't supposed to feel this good and I'd start to sabotage myself and my addictions would carry me off into medicating myself with food wanting to um, go back into the back into binging on one in one way or another to cover up feelings I didn't like so when were you and alone that, were you alone at this time no did you have a, a wife or family or anything no I was married had a family and um, my first wife so the woman I was with when I first went raw. She was raw with me a lot. So that first that first bout, I was raw for five, five or six years straight. Before I don't even remember so long ago. I don't remember what carried me off. Mm-hmm. That second marriage, um, she wasn't interested. So the times I did do it with her, I was completely on my own. And that was the, that, that was the time when I wound up with prostate cancer. And it wasn't just. Food. It was you know I'd gone I had to go and explore the whole the whole shadow realm. You know, I, I, my family has a, a, a long history of alcoholism and I'd never really drank, but I went and did that one big time. So I had to be, be an alcoholic for a while and go and um, really dive into the kind of back into the the the, uh, the belly of the beast. And when I wound up with prostate cancer, and which I, and I had no symptoms, actually went for other reasons, and the, the doctor asked me how long it had been since I had a prostate exam, and I said, never. He says, you're almost 50, you should be doing that, you know? I said, all right. <laughs> and they found, they found a lump biopsy, and it was a low, you know, low-grade tumor. And again, it's like, oh, I know what to do with this. And went, went on a very... You know, I thought say pretty, pretty, very rigid, like raw diet, mm-hmm. no fat, or, you know, very very little overt fat, um, tons of sprouts, tons of juice, tons of wheatgrass, and and going back about it, I didn't go for regular exams. I just you know, had faith that it was working and went back for an exam a little over a year later and it was gone. Wow, that's that's incredible, isn't it? I've had a, a few other people on this show, uh, Brenda Cobb and. Uh, Ruth Heydrich and both of them have healed themselves of cancer through a raw or at least a plant-based diet, which led to raw. So anyway, we'll be back with uh, Cynthia, Cynthia's story in just a few moments. (laughs) 
Hi, this is Revel. You're, we're back with Rockin' Radio. For information on my seminars, play shops, and teleconferences, please go to my website, revelations.com. That's with two V's and two L's. There you can sign up for weekly revelations, purchase my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and or Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, and contact me to speak for your school or organization. Your purchases do help keep this program on the air. My guests today are Wynn and Cynthia from The Raw Retreat. You can find them at therawretreat.com. And also, if you want to email them, info at therawretreat.com. Now, we've heard Wynn's story. And let's, uh, let's chat with Cynthia Waring Matthews. She has a book out called Bodies Unbound, which you can hear about on Celebrating Your Potential. So that's a good way to plug my other programs. Uh, but she goes by Cynthia Waring in, on her book, and uh, for the Raw Retreat, she is Cynthia Waring Matthews. Cynthia, hi. Hi. Let's, uh, let's chat about your growing up. How, what happened with you? Were you, were you uh, a sad eater? Were your parents supportive of you? What, what, what happened in your life? Oh, um, well, I grew up on a walnut orchard in the Central Valley. The Central. real valley, not that little San Fernando Valley. Central the Valley San meaning Wa- California. Yeah, the San Joaquin Valley. Okay. And um, I grew up on a walnut orchard, and we had every fruit and fruit growing tree and a huge vegetable garden. So we ate a lot of, you know, vegetables, but there was also the meat and potato and the all the pies and all the sweets. And my mother was a real sugar sugarholic, and um, and I grew up with that. I was just completely addicted to sugars, and um, so no, I, w- I was not raised to think that food could do anything for your health. That was completely, a, it was a foreign thought to me, and um, I was in Boston and went by a little... Uh, health food restaurant called the Route One Restaurant. It was on Mass Avenue right across the MIT Bridge. And I became involved um, with this restaurant family run by a bunch of hippies. And, um, uh, and I, just, I just landed there and we ran the restaurant. All, I guess, eight, eight of us ran this restaurant for three years. And it was, it was at a time when um, so many different things were going on in my life that, that I didn't, and it wasn't raw. It was um, a lot of cooked food, but it was still a, a huge improvement. And, but that was the end of the 60s, and there was a lot of other unhealthy things going on as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, yeah. was, was the restaurant... <laughs> so I will have to say that I, I did not give it 100% like Wynn did at Hippocrates. Uh-huh. That was not the climate of the Route 1 restaurant. Was, so, it, uh, was it at least a vegetarian or... or um... there, yes, it yeah. was a vegetarian restaurant. Okay, but yeah, so it was plant-based. Yes, and I have to say this about that. There was a, when you go vegetarian, and I was also following an Indian guru at the time who was vegetarian, but the kind of vegetarian it was, was um, you just didn't eat meat. 
You mm. didn't eat animal products, but you could eat um, a large range of, of sugars. Yeah. So what I found out is that it made me sicker because I wasn't, I wasn't grounded. You, when you're eating raw or you're eating a, a veg, um, vegetarian diet, you, you can't do all the sugars. There, you can't do the starches or the white flour. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to stay pure or it doesn't work. And I think, and then I, I went for years saying, oh my gosh, I'm a typo. Well, so vegetarianism doesn't work for me. And <laughs> it just made me hypoglycemic. Well, the reason it did was because although I'd given up meat, I hadn't given up white flour and uh, sugar. Oh, you just, you know what, I have to interrupt you here. You just made the greatest point that just cleared something up for me. What's that? People have so many times told me that, quote-unquote, vegetarian doesn't work for me, and I never realized that a lot of them, which they do, like you said, they just don't eat meat. Right, exactly. But but they are still on a junk food vegetarian diet, and that many of them also include, of course, caffeine, um, nicotine, uh, alcohol, all those things. So thank you. Right. You just you just only cleared that up. Only vegetarian or wine, yeah. you know, or or only organic wine, or only whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But um, or or the uh, tons of of honey, even yeah. tons of honey for a hypoglycemic or somebody who is who tends to, you know, go up and down with their food. Mm-hmm. There are still addictions. There are so many things you can buy in a health food. Um, that are just as bad for you when you start to purify your system. And this has been something that I've struggled with my whole life, which is going up and down and managing my emotions through food. And um, so that's that's been a, a huge one for me. Now, this last time, I have to say that this... This last time when we were running the raw retreat <laughs> is the first time that I really gave it a chance. And I'll have to say this only started last April. Mm-hmm. And within two months, I ran out of my thyroid medication. I'd been on thyroid medication for 13 years and a couple of other drugs as well, mm-hmm. um, hormones and um, all sorts of things. Anyway, I was off for a couple of months, and uh, I ran out of my thyroid medication, and I couldn't get to the doctor for a week or two. I think it was two weeks. Well, I, I went in, and I realized I didn't feel any different. But I went in, I had to get a, a blood test to, um, to get another prescription, and my blood test came back absolutely normal. And this was two months of doing the raw food without sugar and white flour. <laughs> so I was just amazed. And I uh, slowly went off of the, the uh, hormones, and I had been on a sleeping pill for years, and I, I got off that. And, um, and I'm just fine. And I'm, I'm not as perfect as I was six months later, but I know that I will feel better when I am. So um, some stress came up, and I, 
uh, just medicated myself with some black tea, and um, and that's you know, and it and you feel the effects. So, Cynthia, what were you doing up until April? You mean food wise? Yeah, food wise. Let me think. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> well, um, were you basically just vegetarian and still doing? I was be- basically just vegetarian. Okay. We've tried many different diets, and I've probably you know since the sixties I've tried them all. Um, but the addiction to sugar that we have in this country is so huge. Mm-hmm. The addiction to sugar and caffeine. Yeah, it's almost like being bipolar. You know, we we race ourselves up with one drug, and we and we um, get ourselves to sleep with another, and um, back and forth, numbing and exciting ourselves to death. And to get off of these two very powerful drugs um, is is probably the best gift I believe anybody could give themselves. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I started out this whole thing um, in the late 60s when my son, when they came out with the, um, the, an article about Gerber's baby food and how they were setting um, the American people up for addictions to sugar and salt. And that's when I, I took a personal stand to, um, to, to more whole foods you know, to mashing and blending and doing... I didn't want any of those things into my baby. And um, and now he is, he is so strict. My son is just... He's a <laughs> chiropractor in Santa Barbara, and he's very strict to this day. Is, with he, is, is he raw? Um, not complete. No, he's not completely raw, but... Okay. He loves it and doesn't always doesn't always stick to raw. But, yeah, uh, I understand that, but I, you know, for for some reason, it's it's like what Wynn was saying too. I always go back to it. Yes, always go back to it, and always know that you feel better um, once you've had that that taste or that feeling of perfect health. Mm-hmm. It's why do we leave that? Why do we leave that? I think you know. <laughs> it's a good question, though. It's, it's a good question for people to ask themselves. A lot of times they don't ask, and instead they waste their time beating themselves up about it instead of looking and saying, what, what am I not getting that I need to do these other things? Or uh, I know sometimes it's convenience, and we've not taken time to prepare, but why are we not made a priority in our own lives? Yes, Exactly. Yeah, and um, we're going to be talking with Cynthia on Celebrating Your Potential about her book and her life. It's a, it's an amazing story, and so you'll definitely have to, have to check that out. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be back. We're going to talk about The Raw Retreat in just a moment. Hi, this is Rebel. I'm back with Rockin' Radio. 
Uh, what was I going to say here? This program is sponsored by MyPodcastExpert.com. And MyPodcastExpert.com and Revelations have gotten together to create a series of podcast seminars for those wishing to learn the ABCs of podcasting. So if you've ever wanted to do something like what I do or do something totally different and just put it out there because it's, it's your passion, then come on and join us. You can find out more by visiting mypodcastexpert.com. My guests today are Cynthia Waring Matthews and Wynn Matthews, co-owners and facilitators of The Raw Retreat. You can contact Wynn and Cynthia through their website, therawretreat.com. Remember the T-H-E, therawretreat.com, one word. Or you can email them for info at therawretreat.com. So we're back, and let's talk about the Raw Retreat. How did you, how and when did you decide to put this together, and where is it? I know, I know where it is, and, and I would love to come up there and spend a couple of days. Oh, you are most welcome, You're Rebel. Welcome. Oh, thank you. So who's so going to tell me how you got started and why and where? Yeah, well, we're, where is we're in Ojai, California, a um, little town about 10, 12 miles inland from Ventura. And if you've not been to yeah. Ojai, you're missing out. Oh, it's a beautiful yeah. little valley. Oh, it's yeah. amazingly. Yeah. Spectacular yeah. little valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and ha- the how was that we were talking with some friends of ours who were raw, and they were looking for, they were thinking about doing retreats someplace. We're looking at, looking for a, a place, a uh, place to do them. And we were in the midst of thinking about doing something else with the house. And it's a beautiful house that overlooks the valley. And we were thinking about, you know, it should be used for something. It shouldn't just be a place where somebody lives. And in this conversation, we came up with doing retreats here. And um, it just fit. It just made sense. It fit. The timing was right. Um, it, it allowed it, it allows us to to share a, a lot of things that we're passionate about with people, you know, with um, with health, with being responsible for one's health, and and what that means is like once you start, once you open that door, the fingers go in lots of different in, in lots of different directions, and they open up a lot of other doors. It's like you know, you can't you can't take on being responsible for your health. Without beginning to extract yourself from the world of marketing and you know mass media and um, medicine, and you start cracking those doors open, and you have to deal with your own emotional history around food, and I mean it goes on and on. It gets to it. It gets to government. It gets to family dynamics. Like it's just a. a it's just the beginning door. So, when how and, how long is your how long is a, raw, a retreat when you have them? How many days? We we do all, we only have done one or two people at a time. So okay. they're very small, very intimate, mm-hmm. and we really customize them to people. We'll, we'll do um, well. We've done everything from a day or two all the way up to uh, two weeks. And do you do, do you address the emotional issues? How how do you go about doing that? We do do that. Um, we do it through uh, we 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 lead people through uh, meditation practices that get some get you 
more in touch with your body. Mm-hmm. So what? So many, like a little footnote right there. It's like for myself. What I notice for myself when I'm when I'm carried away off someplace and I and I'm chasing or following this urge to go off and fill myself up with some kind of food. Um, to not feel something that I'm feeling by filling that feeling up, that, that void up with some kind of food. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not aware at that, in that moment of what I'm, what, what's really going on in my body. I'm not aware of what I'm feeling, what I'm feeling emotionally, and I'm not aware of the sensations that I'm feeling. So we lead people through simple practices. If you can catch yourself and stop, and take the time to do some of these things, to get in touch with what you're feeling physically and emotionally, you're in a place that at least you can make a choice. You still may choose, but you're not, but you're not doing it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. You know? And so... Um, or, or completely unawares. And then there's some things that um, Cynthia does specifically with people that she should speak to. Okay. Mm. Well, I'm a, a Qigong instructor, and um, so we will we'll do Qigong. And just expressing or just moving the body often will, will take you to a different place, out of the emotions so much and into, into movement where you are connected to a higher vibration that, that helps, helps to still the, the body's cravings or gives you some kind of, of power to, to face them in a different way. And I also, um, when teaches meditation, um, I do the Qigong. I also do writing. I've been a, a writer for a long time and have taught writing classes for 18 years. And so we'll do writing to, to really try to, to find out what is going on, what emotions, what feelings, what, what um, usually those strong emotions are triggered by, by something that happened in the past that you don't want to look at. And so often we'll, we'll, we'll get into a writing uh, assignment that will bring that to light. Or we'll just go for a walk. Um, we're at the end of a road that, where um, the National Forest starts, and we'll go for a walk um, that, that will just have the most beautiful vistas and really get into um, exercising. <coughs> Excuse me. So there are a number of things that we offer, or just talking about it, or get a massage. I've been a massage therapist for 32 years, and so there are a number of things that we have to offer to get past those cravings and often just talking about them. Yes? Yeah, I was going to say what the talking reminded me. We also do counsel with people. Um, if, if anyone's not familiar with that, it's uh, you know, sitting in a circle and using a talking piece and just going round and round the circle speaking to what's really going on. What are, what are you really thinking? What are you really feeling? And it's not a dialogue. It's just yeah, that opportunity to express fully and to have other people hear fully without, without judging. 
This is the most wonderful technique that we have found for connecting with the people here. Um, it's an intimate setting in that it's in a home, not an institute. Like mm-hmm. you can go to an institute where there are a hundred people, but here you have individual connection, and that's good for some people and really frightening for others. Oh, absolutely! And, yeah. Sorry. Absolutely. Right. So we um, have um, this uh, technique of counsel built into the day where we will do a counsel session every day so that if anything comes up between the people here, we can talk about it. And we've never, ever had an instant where that did not bring people close together. And I found that so often... We live such individual lives now that just being heard is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we often know more about politics and movie stars than we do our own hearts. Yeah, or and our partners. Our, or our partners, right. Yeah. Just because we don't take the time to listen to each other. Or, or and, speak. Or to speak, right. I think that's, that's then, as much as anything else is you've got to speak. And say what's what's going on. If you don't, I mean, how can somebody leave and listen? How can somebody right. even know? Right. Yeah. Uh, how many, how many it's people? It's often like you don't have the time in your daily life. So if you build in the time, all right, from nine to ten, we're going to do counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, then you may not even know anything's going on. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's part of that stopping. So you're like, when you stop, yeah, we keep ourselves so full and so busy that. Just the activity keeps things from bubbling past that busy surface. So, you know, it's another one of those uh, practices or techniques to get you to get you to stop. Okay, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions because um, when and when and Cynthia, I've only got a couple minutes here. I want to ask a couple quick questions. Uh, how many yeah. people can come at at one time? It, it the most depends. we want for the most we want for any long term session is two. Two at two at any t- length. Uh, Any time, and yes, can... unless it's a couple, we have three bedrooms. Okay. So, however many want to come and fit into one bedroom would be fine. Like if there was a couple, we could uh, potentially fit six. six oh, couples. okay. Uh-huh. And um, can somebody come up and just be up there for the day, or do they have to participate in whatever's going on? They would have to participate with what is going on. Like they would have to do the raw food. Right, of course. They'd, they'd have to do the council. If we walked, we would have them walk with us. Yeah. Okay. But we have had people come who did who uh, have been raw for years. Who they just basically wanted a, va- a vacation in a nice, in a beautiful, safe place where they knew they didn't have to deal with the food hassles and where they, um, you know, could be with like-minded people. Okay, so who, who makes the food? You you guys make it, or or do you? Uh, okay, you got. Ten seconds. Oh, we here. all make it. Everybody yeah. pitches in and makes it together. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. In the beginning, if they know nothing, we're making it because they don't know. Yeah. All right. It's very hands, very hands on. I want to thank you both for for being with us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Rebel. You're thank welcome. You. We'll talk to Cynthia in a little bit. Uh, if you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at Revel at Celebrating Your Potential. That's Revel with two V's and two L's. And uh, I'm sorry, this is. Rockin' Radio. Spill your beans at rockinradio.com. I got so many shows going. It would be spill your beans at rockinradio.com. My engineer is Bo Astrup. 
I'm Revel Revity saying, remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now. To reclaim your power. Everybody got a song inside them. Everybody got a gift that comes out of the silence. But something happened, you decided to hide it. But now it's time to reclaim your power. When you was young, you saw light through the eyes of 